Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everybody, and happy Digital Citizenship Month. My name is Ananda Leek, and this is the Ananda Leek Show, and July is Digital Citizenship Month. It's the second annual celebration, and this year the theme is Using Your Digital Citizenship Voice. Tonight is a very special interview because it's with my father, Dr. John F. Leek, a senior cyber activist and blogger. He's 76 years young, and he's doing his thing. You can find him online at a couple of places. He's on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. J, as in John Leek, L-E-E-K-E. He is also responsible for publishing a blog called Dr. John. His blog address is on Tumblr, so it's drjohnleek.tumblr.com. How are you, Jay? Well, I tell you, I'm fine, Ananda. Um, I am still trying to uh, sort of come back down to earth after uh, last Monday's uh, visit to the White House. All right. So before we jump into that, because we're going to cover that, I want to tell everybody a couple of things. If you would like to participate in this conversation, there's a couple of ways you can do that. You can um, tune into the show live by going to the website. You can also participate in the chat room and ask John or Dr. John or Jay, as I affectionately call him, questions. And you can also follow us on Twitter. I'll be live tweeting just a little bit. And the Twitter ID is D-I-G as in great, Citizen Month. So let's get this party started because we know that you've got a lot to share and a lot to say. So first of all, can you tell us who you are? And I know that that's a conversation that could take up three weeks, but if you can share just a little bit about who you are, that would be great. Well, yes, as Ananda indicated, uh, I'm, uh, a lot of people uh, call me uh, Dr. John. It's Dr. John F. Leak. And uh, I am uh, currently, uh, I am in uh, retirement. However, I don't know that I'm uh, your typical retired individual because I have remained uh, quite active. I previously uh, had my own uh, organizational development and training uh, firm in which I specialized in work on diversity and social justice issues. And prior to that, I was an employee of the National Education Association. Uh, I'm a trained educator, a former teacher and former counselor, uh, and uh, I have spent a great deal of my life uh, trying to help 
individuals and organizations to be uh, uh, much more effective in managing uh, their diverse uh, workforces. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And this is something I think is really unique about you is that you have retired from this amazing career as an organizational development consultant with an emphasis on diversity, and you've been able to reinvent yourself as a cyber blogger and activist, and let me say senior cyber activist and blogger. Can you tell everybody a little bit about your journey and how that all got started? Well, I tell you, uh, Ananda, I I think I probably got started um, just about the time that uh, Barack Obama began his uh, campaign uh, for the presidency of the United States, and I wanted to support him, and I found a way that I could do that and do it uh, from home, even though I did uh, do some things uh, out in the communities uh, by uh, going to uh, knock on doors and things of that nature. But a lot of what I did was uh, on uh, Facebook, I had uh, started to become uh, familiar with using uh, Facebook as one of the platforms in which that I could um, promote uh, my uh, goals and objectives. And at that time, the major goal was helping to uh, get the, uh, Barack Obama elected president. And, of course, that uh, worked out very well. Later, I began to uh, acquaint myself with other platforms, such as uh, Twitter, and uh, then later uh, Instagram, and I have enjoyed Instagram because it allows, it has allowed me to uh, use uh, photos uh, to a great extent, and as it says, uh, in the, it's an, it's instant, and I'm able to post things and and uh, allow me to share with my network. Uh, some of the events and things that uh, I have had the opportunity to uh, participate in. I I have also, as you indicated, um, been doing a blog also uh, for probably about six years now. And uh, once that uh, President Obama was reelected, uh, I began to spend a bit more of my I'm focusing on social justice issues, and particularly on race, because uh, one of the things that I feel our country uh, has fallen down on is getting uh, to helping people have authentic conversations about race. I happen to believe that uh, race is uh, undoubtedly one of the most critical issues that we face. And until we are able to uh, help many more individuals be able to engage in meaningful conversations, 
I doubt we will make uh, or continue to make the kind of progress that uh, many of us hope we could. I I have also been trying to cover uh, a lot of issues that have grown out of the uh, the last two years in which a number of African American men have uh, been killed at the in the hands of uh, our law enforcement, and so I uh, I've tried to make my uh, network um, aware of some of the in-depth uh, information about what really has transpired, and uh, those are uh, are things that. Uh, I have been trying to uh, to do as a uh, as a digital citizen. How how many hours a week do you spend developing content and sharing it and curating it with your online community? Well, I, I hmm, it, it's maybe hard to say. I. Uh, there are some days that I, I probably spend uh, a total of uh, four to five hours. Uh, it's not all at one time because I, I, being at home and having my computer and and my tablet and my uh, cell phone, I'm I'm able to um, uh, move through a number of of things. So I generally will. Uh, check my emails, and uh, very often uh, I'm getting emails that some of my uh, friends and colleagues are are sending or they are replying to things that I have said. Uh, so I may put in an hour or so, sometimes early in the morning, and then uh, later in the afternoon I may spend a couple of hours and then sometimes in the evening before I go to bed, uh, I gotta check in again with uh, what's uh, what's online uh, in my different platforms, uh, Facebook and and Twitter and and uh, Instagram. And I also uh, try to keep up with my colleagues on LinkedIn. Hmm. Wow, that's a significant amount of time. And it's a commitment, too, that um, really is awesome to see that you, you're, you're committed to doing this work at a different level now. And as you do this work, you have really embraced this concept of digital citizenship. I'd like to know what is your personal definition of digital citizenship? Well, uh I, I would say uh, it's, it's using my digital platforms to raise issues regarding critical social justice issues and impact that are impacting our society. Is there anything else that goes with that definition? Well, I'm not sure. I uh, I, I guess just the the notion that um uh today in today's society uh the use of 
the digital technology uh, certainly has provided a way for information uh, and uh, things to be shared, sometimes uh, uh, very quickly, as in uh, what what happens with Twitter and and uh, also Instagram, and uh, it uh, it has allowed me to um, continue some of the work that I had been doing for o- over uh, 40 years as a uh, uh, as an advocate for social justice. Hmm. Do you also use your digital platform and experience to encourage other people that are over the age of, let's say, 55 or 60 to to get online and to to raise issues as well? Yes, I certainly do. Uh, uh, I uh, I have a number of colleagues who are certainly uh, over that. Uh, uh, 55 to 60 uh, year uh, place, and uh, so I think by my uh, sharing information with them by through Facebook and email, I I think I have helped to model for some of them the power that resides in the use of these different platforms. So. I, I have noticed over the years that uh, some of my colleagues uh, have, in fact, uh, taken up some of the these uh, uh, platforms. They may not <clears throat> use it as frequently as I do, but I certainly do see uh, more of them uh, on uh, Facebook, and uh, and I I do get a, a good number of responses by email uh, from them. Wonderful. Well, tonight we have a couple of guests in our chat room. I want to take a moment to invite you all to share your thoughts, your comments, your questions for Dr. John or Jay as I know him. He is talking tonight about his passion for using his digital citizenship voice to support President Obama to discuss issues that are of great importance, and those issues are social justice issues. He is sharing how he has been able to cultivate uh, an engaging community, um, primarily on Facebook, and then using his digital skills on Twitter and Instagram to engage folks. So please, please join the conversation. We'd love to hear your insights or your feedback, and I will act as your voice. So, Jay, moving this conversation along, you have had very, 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 you've had a lot. I don't even want to use the word very. You've had numerous Facebook conversations that have been very intense and have gone on for days. And you've used your digital citizenship voice to engage your network and share information and share your position. Can you give us maybe one or two examples of how you've used your digital citizenship voice with your Facebook community and on what topics um, 
were really some things, and you can even go from last year if you like or pick out from the last six years since you've been online, but just one or two examples. Well, yeah, I certainly can. I, I, uh, a couple of examples uh, were centered around the uh, killing of Trayvon Martin, uh, and that when that happened, uh, I, of course, uh, shared uh, some of the information that was coming out in our news media and some of the uh, things that were being said on uh, on our, our news channels, uh, particularly uh, on uh, MSNBC, because I'm a, I'm a strong uh, supporter of the folks that that are on MSNBC, like uh, the Reverend uh, Al Sharpton and um, uh, Matt Isle, and also um, uh, uh, Ed Schultz. And so quite often, I will, uh, after listening, and sometimes while listening, I will post uh, some of the conversations. I also, uh, by the way, uh, on the weekends, on Saturday and Sunday, I'm a faithful viewer <clears throat> of Melissa Harris-Perry, uh, who uh, has, I think, one of the best uh, shows to deal with issues. And, and uh, so I quite often will share with my network things that Melissa has discussed on the weekend. And uh, so, as I say, I, I was heavily engaged in wanting to share and, and inform those in my network, and, and that was one of the uh, cases in which that um, there was a pretty much a running dialogue with uh, a number of my colleagues who uh, were responding uh, back to items that I had posted. Uh, so that's that for me has been a way of having uh, dialogue uh, on uh, social, uh, on the uh, uh, digital world. There's something else I don't think a lot of people realize about you unless they are friends with you on Facebook and they follow you on Twitter or Instagram. You use your digital citizenship voice to support Shonda Grimes's ABC Scandal, and you are a huge fan of that show. So tell us, <laughs> Scandal Fan Extraordinaire. Yes, I uh, I uh, took up when that show began, I took up the mantra of gladiator. And so I sometimes consider myself uh, the head gladiator, and I have a, a number of... Uh, friends and colleagues who uh, will always be looking forward to what I may have to say uh, as a preview to the coming uh, week's show. And so I will, uh, I'll send out a, uh, a, uh, a blast that says, okay, gladiators, are you ready? Uh, let's see what uh, Sandra Rhymes has to offer uh, to us uh, uh, this evening, and so I, yes, I'm, I, I'm a, uh, 
I am really an advocate around uh, uh, that show, and uh, I, I just think it's it's an excellent show, and the cast that they have, the writers, uh, I uh, it is it's fantastic. We know, we know, we know. So, like the character that Carrie Washington plays, Olivia Pope. You have had your own very own White House experience. And last week, you participated in the White House Conference on Aging. Can you tell us why you attended this conference? Well, yes. I uh, Well, I attended. Uh, I need to start with the fact that for some time, I have had a, a real desire to uh, have an opportunity to go to the White House. Um, I have been to the White House, but uh, it was primarily on the grounds of the White House uh, several years ago. Uh, But I wanted to go into the White House, and I really wanted to go uh, before uh, uh, President Obama left office. And so I, as I sort of said to some, uh, it was on my bucket list. (laughs) And... uh, and in many ways, uh, uh, thanks to uh, to you, uh, I think I was able to uh, utilize a uh, a contact and was uh, extended an invitation from the president uh, to attend the 2015 White House Conference on Aging. And uh, so last Monday. Um, I, uh, with you, went to the White House, and it certainly was, um, for me, uh, an exciting day. It was a full day, and uh, the highlight of of my day, of course, came uh, during the uh, speech, uh, the remarks that President Barack Obama uh, made to the conference participants, and uh, through some magical way, I wound up uh, sitting in the second row, right in front of the podium, and I I had a uh, wonderful view uh, of the president. I was able to have eye-to-eye contact with him. And then the, the uh, oh, I guess the icing on the cake came when he completed his remarks and came down from the podium because he, I know he wanted to greet um, a former congressman, uh, David Dingle of Michigan, and his wife, who has, of course, taken his, uh, his place. And so he came down and greeted uh, uh, the former congressman and shook hands. And as he started to move down the line, there were several other congresspeople in the first row. And as you know, you and I were in the second row. And uh, he extended his hand, and you shook hands. And then uh, uh, he extended his hands, and I had an opportunity to shake uh President Barack Obama's hand, and uh, I also uh, told him how much that I had appreciated uh, all of the things that he has done so far in 
his uh, two terms as president of our nation. So it, it was it was quite an experience, I must say. And, and of course, the rest of the day uh, was was wonderful because the, there was a great deal of information that was conveyed to the participants uh, at this national conference. So let me let me back you up and just ask a few questions. Prior sure. to prior to the conference, you used your you used your digital citizenship voice to promote the event, and you also encouraged engagement among your online network, specifically on Facebook. Can you tell folks what you did um, leading up to the conference? Because I I thought that was pretty important. Yes. Uh, uh, once that I had received uh, the invitation, and I began immediately uh, informing my network that I was going to be attending and that uh, they could follow uh, me as well as follow you on, uh, on Twitter and on Instagram and on Facebook. And... Uh, and I also began to uh, share some of the information that I was receiving from the White House about uh, some of the items and issues that were going to be discussed. And I began to share those also with my uh, with my network. So I, uh, I I was alerting them. I was making them one aware that uh, this very significant conference was going to be occurring and that I would be there and that I would be sharing information with them. Um, and uh, uh, so that was one way that I, I, I think I was able to help to promote and support and inform others about, uh, about the White House Conference on Aging. And I want to point out that you you started weeks in advance. You didn't even know you were going to be going, and you started sharing information with your community. Yes, because uh, yes, because once that I knew that this was going to happen, but I didn't know that I would be attending. Uh, this this is a critical issue, uh, and and it wasn't just because that um, you know I'm a senior uh, citizen. But because uh, uh, this issue of the aging is an intergenerational issue, it is it's something that impacts us all. Uh, one of the one of the the things that came out in the conference uh, was a, <clears throat> about caregivers, and uh, I before uh, reading some of the material beforehand, and then also at the conference. It, uh, it gave me a great deal of insight uh, insight as to uh, the difficulties that uh, caregivers experience. Um, there was <clears throat> there was in fact uh, one of the panel members, a uh, a young woman. Uh, I would probably say she may have been in in her very early thirties, and she spoke about uh, what. Uh, she has to uh, do as she takes care of uh, her 80-year-old 80, 80 um, parent who has dementia. 
And she also has a two-year-old child, and she's a single mother, and she's holding down a full-time job. And, I mean, as she as she began to rattle all of that off, I'm saying to myself, how in the world is this uh, young woman being able to do that? And, uh, you know, and, and the, just the whole sensitivity to uh, what uh, she experienced. And then others were there to talk about uh, uh, the caregivers who work in, in um, facilities where, uh, you know, many individuals, and especially those who are, are suffering from dementia and how difficult a job that that is. And the other part of it, uh, which is uh, so sad, is that the wages are very low, and there's uh, a, a major effort going on uh, across the country to uh, raise the minimum uh, wage of caregivers to $15 an hour. So those, those issues struck me too. And one of the things that I think you were fortunate to do after the conference, just, you know, two days after, was that you appeared on Bowie TV um, in Prince George's County on the Ed Brown Show last Wednesday, and you had an opportunity to really spend some time sharing what you learned and your experiences. Can you tell us just very short and quick, what was that experience like? Well, it it gave me uh, an opportunity uh, to uh, talk with Ed Brown and uh, about some of the issues that... uh, that were covered at the Conference on Aging. I I mentioned about the caregiving, but there was also uh, a panel that talked about uh, the notion of planning for financial security at every age. And uh, this uh, was a case in which that uh, strongly urged uh, people to begin planning much earlier than I think many people do or what it's going to be like, because um, many more people are living much longer. In fact, I was amazed at this particular statistic. It said that um, that over 10,000 uh, individuals are turning 65 every hour. And so, you know, when you when you think about that, and you think about uh, the number of individuals that are are turning 65, uh, those who are retiring and moving on to Social Security, uh, are taking advantage of their 401 uh, or other pension type things, and yet some folks haven't prepared well for uh, the fact that they may live uh, 20, maybe 30 years past their retirement. Uh, That was one uh, thing that I I shared uh, with Ed as we talked. Another thing that I thought was very impactful was um, the notion of technology and the future of the aging because uh, so many uh, of our uh, seniors 
probably are not quite like me that has uh, embraced uh, the digital world or, or even uh, just being able to have access to the Internet uh, where there is so much information uh, that all individuals uh, are able to secure that can in many ways make their life uh, much uh, easier. Uh, I, I was amazed at the kinds of things that they were saying are now available to uh, to uh, individuals, in particular to seniors, uh, to uh, help them um, as they uh, age gracefully. Uh, I, I thought I also had the opportunity to talk with him about uh, the serious uh, amount of abuse, uh, both uh, uh, physically, mentally, that uh, many seniors face. Uh, not all caregivers are um, are sensitive and caring and so forth, and so uh, some of uh, our uh, individuals, and especially those suffering from dementia, uh, are uh, experiencing a great deal of abuse. Now, one thing that I was pleased to hear was the kind of work that the that law enforcement and the Justice Department are doing, and also the uh, effort by some of the agencies that, uh, to train and prepare caregivers to be much more effective. So, so it, it it provided a wonderful opportunity to share that information with uh, Ed Brown's uh, uh, audience. And everybody, we'll share the link to the YouTube video of the interview that Jay had with um, Mr. Brown last week after the show. So we had a question from one of our guests in the chat room, and it's going back to scandal believe it or not. Um, this is a serious question, Jay. Getful Jay? wants to know, how do you feel about the demoralizing comments directed to Olivia Pope, the character? And you take that and take it the way you want to take it. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, you know, I, 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 uh, one of the things that I think we uh, have to recognize and, and acknowledge is, is that um, – there are people who have, you know, their own um, uh, moral and ethical beliefs, and so uh, I'm sure that there are are those out there who uh, probably uh, do not uh, like or, or the fact that uh, Olivia uh, has this uh, relationship uh, with the president. And not only with the president, but she has had um, relationships with others uh, on the show as as she goes about um, determining, uh, you know, her own uh, personal uh, life. Uh, I, I think sometimes that's that's sad. Um, I uh, I I in one instance uh, as a strong supporter of of the show and of the character Olivia Pope. Um, you know, I'm I, 
it's sad to, that people have to do that, but um, that's that's one of our dilemmas. <clears throat> okay. I, I hope that shares at least my my uh, feeling about about the the question that uh, uh, one of the listeners asked. Well, thank you so much for sharing. It's it's clear that we know you are Team Scandal, Team Carrie, Team Shonda, Team Olivia. Yeah, Team Gladiator, completely. Um, so as we wrap up this great interview, what's next for you? Oh, wow. Um, I, I don't necessarily, I, you know, in some ways, um, uh, the things uh, sort of come and I take them as they come. Uh, I... Uh, I'm sure that in these coming months uh, there will be the continuation of the uh, political stuff with uh, with uh, Hillary running and the uh, the tremendous number of Republican candidates and all of what the media is is covering. Uh, uh, and of, of course, of late, uh, the media is uh, overcome with uh, <clears throat> uh, the uh, the the quote. I guess the person of the hour. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to mention his name because I don't like to give him any attention at all. So uh, your listeners will just have to know that uh, who I'm talking about. I, I have one last question for you, um, and it deals with Black Lives Matter. And I know you're familiar with the hashtag and the movement. And I was at the Blogger 11th Annual Conference in New York City on the 16th through the 18th, and just coming back. And during the Black Lives Matter keynote, which was the first day, and it was um, featuring two of the founders of Black Lives Matter, the female founders, Forgive me for not being able to call their names. The editor-in-chief of Essence, um, Vanessa De Luca, I hope I'm getting that right, she interviewed them, and it was an emotional and inspirational and informational experience. But one of the things that had occurred for me is that I had been um, off of social media in a large way because I was prepping to come to the conference, and so... I missed the the news about our Sigma Gamma Rho soror, and I say our because my mother is a member of Sigma Gamma Rho sorority, I am, and my father is the grandson of a Sigma Gamma Rho sorority member. So when we when I saw that, when I heard it, I didn't know that um, Sandra was a member of the sorority, um, I checked my Twitter immediately, and that's when I saw the news about her being a soror. So I texted my mom and um, ended up getting some additional information. But I wanted to ask you, um, are you planning to do anything with respect to um, Black Lives Matter in the next couple of days and and her her passing? Um, and what they've done in Texas, because I saw on Facebook that the family has given folks permission to tweet and to use social media to be a platform um, to get the word out about their beloved 
um, daughter, sister, sore war, um, and what happened. So I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but you're yeah. a senior cyber activist, and um, that's what you do. Yeah, well, let me just say that uh, I am very pleased that the family has uh, given uh, permission because from what I uh, understand, um, Sigma Gamma Rho uh, leadership uh, was concerned about, uh, you know, people jumping out there and didn't and weren't sure just where the family would be. So I think there some of the reaction that the uh, organization had, I think, was trying to protect um, the family. But now that the family has, in fact, said, um, you know, they they are okay with uh, things being uh, out there on on social media. So that's that part of it. Um, I have not uh, posted anything specifically on that, and, and part of it is uh, with the activities uh, that I've had in the past seven days and, and a couple of other things that I'm engaged in right now, I just haven't given uh, time to that. I, I would say, however, this is just a continuation of, uh, of the type of, of treatment that uh, uh, black people and that's now both men and women are receiving and uh it uh it is very disheartening it is uh frustrating and and to some extent though it is it's encouraging that um people are uh, are organizing and they are are doing things to uh let the uh, the the community and the world know that uh, our lives do matter, and that uh, there must be some resolution to uh, these issues in the way that uh, justice is being carried out. Uh, uh, but th- this is going to be again one of the as it already has been one of the struggles that uh, our nation will have. Thank you for sharing. And everybody, I want to just say, um, I want to do my part. It's a small part, but I would encourage you to use your digital citizenship if you feel called to, to support um, Sandra Bland, uh, memory and her family. There are a couple of hashtags you can use on social media. One is just her name, Sandra Bland, S-A-N-D-R-A, Bland, B-L-A-N-D. You can use the hashtag Say Her Name, S-A-Y-H-E-R-N-A-M-E. You can also use Black Lives Matter. It's B-L-A-C-K, Lives, L-I-V-E-S, Matter, M-A-T-T-E-R. Jay, I want to thank you for... um, a spirited conversation, as always. Uh, you know, I'm biased. You're my father and my friend and my fan. So uh, this is just like having just one more of our discussions. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really grateful that you were able to um, participate. I want to thank everybody who's tuned in, everybody that's participated in the chat room. 
Uh, Jay, I want to say that Guest Four says thank you, Jay, for answering the question about Olivia Polk. So you really were able to uh, meet that guest's uh, expectations and answering. So that's always a good thing. And again, everybody, if you want to find out more about Dr. John Leake, better known as Jay to me or Dr. John to others, you can do a couple of things. You can go to Dr. Jay Leake, it's L-E-E-K-E, and he spells it, his Twitter and Instagram ID are the same. So it's D-R-J as in John, L-E-E-K-E. You can find him on Facebook, and he's going to approve you as a Facebook friend, so he's going to check you out. But he's on Facebook as John F. Leake. He is a white-haired African-American man (laughs) wearing glasses, so you'll know who he is. You can also uh, go to his Tumblr blog, uh, which is drjohnleake.tumblr.com. Again, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to Digital Citizenship Month radio series. We'll be back uh, with more interviews this week and next week as we celebrate the second annual um, opportunity to get everybody to think about how they're using their digital citizenship voice. That's important. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DIG as in Great Citizen Month. You can go to our Tumblr blog, DIG Citizen tumblr.com to learn more about what's happening and again John thank you so much for being a great guest have a great evening thank you with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.